of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, and today I'm continuing my coverage of the Wonder Years from 2021. I'm currently going to be covering Season 1, Episode 6 today, Be Prepared. So, Be Prepared, Season 1, Episode 6, aired on October 27th, 2021. In this episode, when Coach Long and Bill take the boys on a camping trip as part of their newly formed scout troop, their starkly different approaches to the outdoors shows Dean that his father isn't good at everything. Which, well, we know he knows how to fish because we saw that in episode two at the end of, <laughs> towards the end of episode two. So, all right, this episode's got a 6.8 out of 10 based on 81 ratings. We have the main cast, and let's see. We got Hampton, played by Andrew Tull, who we met in the club episode, and we saw returning in the lock-in episode. We have Caleb Black playing Norman, who we just met in the lock-in episode, episode five. Oh, we also have Alonzo Ward playing Deacon Lauren. Okay. Oh, he's a deacon. Okay, so no, not the pastor. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, we got Anthony Jenkins, piano player. We have Jordan Gilliam as Lisa. Okay, we haven't met. Okay, so Lisa and Sharon, played by Akili Love. And then Michaela Russo? Playing cute girl. <laughs> okay. Uh, directors for this episode, Numa Perrier, N-U-M-A, and Fred Savage. Writers, Saladin K. Patterson, Neil Marlins, Carol Black, Bob Daly, Am- Ambria Allen, Dio Vera, Danny Batista, Yale Galina and Yamin Siegel. I, I'm sorry for mispronouncing names. I know more likely I did. I hate that when that happens. All right. So, of course, use your review. I'm going to wait till the end because if you've been listening since I started reviewing the first episode of the new Wonder Years, well, actually, the second episode. I'm just watching these episodes for the first time as I review them for the podcast. So, there is no trivia for this episode. Alright, so let's get into Be Prepared, and then after that I will talk about Episode 7, Independence Day. We'll be covering that one. Yes, it is going to be two episodes in one podcast. So, that way we can do episodes... Eight and nine separately. Nine being the Christmas episode that just debuted on December 1st, which you can watch on ABC or next day on Hulu. 
like possibly the next episode could be January 5th. There is no title according to IMDb for that episode. There's no summary. Because I know they just got an order for, you know, nine episodes, and then they just found out they got a full 22 episodes. So it looks like they most likely probably got to start filming more episodes. So there might be a bit of a break there. Now, going forward, I don't know if I'm going to stick with once a week. We'll see. Like I said, I have other podcasts that I also focus on, too, like Full House. And once a month, my small wonder podcast. So, of course, before, okay, before we get into this episode, I want to let you wonderling newbies out there know where you can follow along with the podcast on social media. It does have a Facebook page. Just type in the Wonder Years podcast. Looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast will show up, should show up in the search bar. Just hit like or follow. That way you'll know what episode I'm going to be covering next because with this, yes, I am going in chronological order just like I did with the original Wonder Years, which by the way, not every single season is going to be on iTunes for whatever reason, but you can find every single episode of the six seasons of the OG Wonder Years on SoundCloud to listen to. So, also, if you'd like to email the podcast, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. If you are enjoying the podcast and you want to show support, all I ask is that you go onto iTunes, search for the show, the Wonder Years podcast, looking back on my Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, will pop up, click it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. You can even use emojis. Have me try to guess the characters by doing little emojis. I would love to try my hand at that, especially even for with the new show. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Wonder Years podcast, <laughs> by other Wonder Years fans like yourselves. So, yeah. And right now, I do believe that my podcast is the only podcast out there of the Wonder Years that has covered the entire OG Wonder Years in its entirety. So there are a couple others out there that have done some episodes. One in particular, A Little Help from My Friends, is another podcast. Wonder Years podcast that has covered a handful of episodes that I really like. Um, another one that hasn't gotten too far into season two. It's called, I believe it's called Wonder Days. Which is really cool, too. Wonder Days. The Wonder Days. Let me see if they've uh, continued their coverage. No, um, yeah, it pretty much looks like they've gotten the first six episodes, and then they've gotten a handful of into season two. But definitely a fun podcast. I really enjoyed listening to some of the episodes, and I definitely recommend, so... Alright, let's jump into this episode, Be Prepared. It has nothing to do with Scar from The Lion King. He's not going to show up and sing that song. And of course, like always, we have the little cold open that's pretty much going to set up the basis for the episode. So, Adult Dean narrates saying that growing up in the 60s, he was surrounded by the... He was surrounded by images of the ideal middle-class suburban life. 
And even at 12, Dean definitely, he said he definitely wanted to have his own slice of the American pie. Basically the American dream with the house, the kids, the, the wife, the, you know, that big American dream, just great job, house, kids, family, nice vehicle, all that stuff. So it looks like he's watching a Coca-Cola commercial. And he's talking about how all the, you know, the white kids getting to have all, all this fun and everything. It's like, why can't I have that too? And then he, because Dean's sitting in front of the television and he turns and looks behind his, over his shoulder at his dad and says, Hey dad, can we go to the beach? And Bill just says one word, sharks. So Dean's got a brochure for like a cabin or something like that. And he's like, hey, Dad, can we rent a cabin in the woods? And Bill just says one word, bears. Dean asks Bill, Dad, can we get a dog? And Bill just says one word, fleas. Growing up in the 60s, I was surrounded by images of the <laughs> ideal middle class suburban life. And I wanted nothing more than to have my own big, fat slice of that American pie. Can you blame me? Smiling white people made happiness and prosperity look so damn appealing. It only seemed fair. If other families got to have these cool middle class experiences, who said mine couldn't too? Hey, Dad, can we go to the beach? Sharks. My dad. That's it. Hey, Dad, can we run a cabin in the woods? Bears. Hey, Dad, can we get a dog? Please. But so, it almost seems like, you know, even as a kid, you see all these... these toy commercials and just, you know, people on family sitcoms just having a great time and going, you know, camping or going to beaches or amusement parks and this and that. And Dean kind of wonders, like, why can't I have that? Why can't I do those things? Why can't I have a dog? And Bill just responds with those one-word answers, which are basically a big fat no. No, 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 no. You're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not getting that. Just no. But Dean's like, oh, no, no. I'm not giving his mind. Like, I'm not getting up, giving up that easily. As we see him shut his locker door and he's in school in the hallway. So Dean goes over to the guys and he sees Brad in his scout outfit. And he's got, of course, all these badges for canoeing and camping and all of this stuff. And... Brad just says how they got to go to a state park. He got to chop down a tree by himself with a hatchet. Just all this awesome stuff. Like, we didn't brush our teeth or take showers for two days. It was great. And apparently this is the Dixie Scouts, which is where uh, the scout group that uh, Brad is attached to. Oh, that must have been the cute girl that was mentioned in the uh, credits here on IMDb as she walks past and says, hey Brad, cool uniform. And Dean is just like, ooh, the ladies love a guy in uniform. I gotta get in on this. I was not going to give up that easily. I was on a mission to find my own version of the suburban middle class dream. <laughs> one my dad couldn't possibly say no to. And I got this one for archery. And this one was for canoeing. What's that one for? Camping. We went on this super cool trip to the state park. 
We didn't shower or brush our teeth for two whole days. Oh, yeah. And I chopped out a tree with a hatchet by myself. Oh, man. The Dixie Scouts, of course, it had everything. The great outdoors, terrible hygiene, and the unsupervised use of a lethal weapon. Couldn't get more all-American than that. Hey, Brad. Cool uniform. And it appears the ladies love a man in uniform. That clinched it. So now we're back at home. Bill's under the sink in the kitchen trying to get it to, the sink to stop dripping. And, and Lillian asks, Has, is my sink done leaking all over the place? And Bill's like, yep. As he comes out from underneath the kitchen sink and says, third time's the charm. And Lillian just rolls her eyes and says, yeah, more like the fifth. Ugh, good grief. So Dean comes home so excited, sets his metal lunchbox down on the kitchen table and asks, Hey, Dad, can I join Brad's Dixie Troop group? Dixie Scout group. I'm troop. Troop group. Group troop. (laughs) Good group. (laughs) I get the impression that Bill is going to say no because the same reason why he didn't want Dean's baseball team playing with... Brad's white baseball team. Just no, no, no. And Bill says, the Dixie Scouts, oh, you want to join a white boys group? (laughs) I don't think so. Or as Bill calls it, the junior clan. Okay. And Dean says, dad, Brad's group isn't like that. His dad's the scoutmaster. And Bill kind of latches on to that word scoutmaster. Like, did you just hear hear yourself say master? Like, all right. And Dean says, yeah, Dad, everyone's doing it. Everyone's signing up for it. And Bill says, yeah, you're white friends. I'm not letting you join that East Montgomery group. And, of course, Lillian tells Bill, I was like, well, I think it's a good idea. Like, what is the harm in it? She even asks. I get Bill says that he doesn't like how the scout troop stole the ideals of the African tribes. Something to that effect. So I guess that's one reason why he doesn't want Dean to be joining this scout troop. Okay, African tribal rites of passage. Okay, he doesn't like how the the whites stole their uh, rituals. Okay, gotcha. And adult Dean narrates how he says that his dad was of the mind that if there was something of value in American culture that was taken from black people. So we kind of see examples of like Bill watching the television scene, Elvis Presley, and he says what Mama Thornton, I'm not sure who that is, but apparently she she did that before Elvis did. She did it. Let me, let me see if I can find, look that up. I want to look that up. Oh, oh, okay, okay, I see it here. Okay, Willie Mae Thornton, known as Big Mama Thornton, was an American rhyme and blues singer and songwriter. She was the first to record Lieber and Stoller's Hound Dog in 52, which became her biggest hit, staying seven weeks at number one at the Billboard R&B charts in 53. Uh, Let's see, Thornton's other recordings include the original version of Ball and Chain, which she wrote. Okay. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. 
She didn't get her nickname from just anywhere. She was given the nickname because of her voice, size, and personality. She had a very particular singing style. Alright, cool. See, I'm learning stuff as I'm going along with this show. Things that I didn't even know before. So I'm definitely getting educated here. And then Bill drinking Coca-Cola. And Bill scoffs at Coca-Cola, like, please, they'd be nowhere if the Africans didn't discover the cola nut. Okay, so the term cola nut usually refers to the seeds of certain species of plant and of the genus cola. Placed formerly in the cocoa family, and now usually subsumed in the mallow family. <laughs> okay, so, and it, blah, blah, okay. These cola species are trees native to the tropical rainforest of Africa. Their caffeine-containing seeds are used as flavoring ingredients in beverages applied to various carbonated soft drinks from which the name cola originates. Oh, wow. See, like I said, I'm learning. I'm learning so many things that I never in my wildest dreams would have ever thought to look up. So we see Bill from a previous Christmas <laughs> hanging up ornaments, and he says, Santa Claus, please. You know, the real St. Nicholas was, he says, a black moor, M-O-O-R. from the Native Americans. And Bill just looks at her and says, and asks, and where do you, where do you think they got it from? And Dean, you know, thinks to himself, like, no, I, I shouldn't have been surprised with my dad because that's just the way he is. So yeah, he, Dean says he shouldn't have been surprised by his dad's reaction of not wanting him joining Brad's group. His dad believes that in the same, I guess, a, a lot of other black people that uh, black people and white people shouldn't mix together. As far as... Okay, no. So Dean says, like, a lot of men from his dad's generation felt like blacks and whites shouldn't mix together. So, and this is a lot of what we saw in the pilot in Dean explaining to us about his dad's way of thinking and everything like that, so... I'm honestly still surprised that he even lets Dean hang out with Brad. Oh, the whole thing is that he, you know, felt that they didn't need to, you know, 
didn't need to mix with white people in order to have a better life. But Dean really wanted this. He really wanted to do the scout troop thing. And luckily for Dean, his mom was there to save the day, which is, is good because Lillian, really, she's always there to kind of step in and with some good ideas here. She really, I like how she really supports Dean's ideas when it comes to stuff like, you know, that he wants to do. She, you know, has, definitely has an open mind. So, yeah, she suggests, you know, you really want to be a scout, Dean. Why don't you join the troop that your brother belonged to? So, at hearing that, Bill really jumps on. He's like, yeah, I forgot about that group. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll go take Dean and get him signed right up. And apparently at the time, Lillian was taking Bruce to all of his meetings and stuff because Bill was on the road, you know, with his band and whatnot, so... Yeah, the idea of like, eh, see, a black troop. Yes, definitely, Dean, we're going to get you signed up. <laughs> like, yeah, but I think in some ways, like, with the troop, they do want parental participation. Especially when it comes to camping out in the woods. Like, you're going to want adults there to kind of keep the kids from, you know, doing kid things and getting too curious about, you know, lighting fires and making sure the tents are set up correctly and all that fun stuff. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, we're going to meet Deacon Lauren. Okay. That was the old troop leader. And of course, like, Bill's like, don't worry, honey, I got this. I'll take care of it. Don't worry your pretty little head about this because I got it. And then, <laughs> drip, 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 drip. The sink's still dripping, so. Yeah, he's like, okay, we're gonna go now. Bye. <laughs> okay, I'll continue to work on that when I get back. But I'm gonna take Dean to get him signed up for the troop. Are you sure about that, Bill? I thought the scouts got their rituals from the Native Americans. Where do you think they got it from? I shouldn't have been surprised that my dad didn't want me joining Brad's troop. Like a lot of men from his generation, he didn't think we needed to mix with white people to have a better life. But that didn't change the fact that I really wanted this. Lucky for me, my mom was there to save the day. Well, you want to be a scout? You can join the troop your brother belonged to. That's right. We got a perfectly good troop right in our own neighborhood. A black troop. I forgot all about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. You were on the road with your band back then, and I used to take Bruce to all his meetings. Well, I'm here now. So I'll take Dean and get him signed up. You don't have to worry your pretty little head about a thing. Ask the deacon Lauren at the church. He's the troop leader. Right. Now you don't have to worry about one little thing. Yeah. Let's go, Dean. And there you have it. <laughs> That was a cold open, so that pretty much sets up this plot is going to be about the scout troop. This is going to be interesting because, as we've seen in previous episodes, seems like Coach Long and Bill don't get along. They just, they don't. They really, yeah. We, we saw a great example of that in the pilot episode when they're both giving Dean conflicting 
<laughs> advice when he's at bat or when he's trying to catch a ball on the on the baseball field. Yeah. So they find Deacon Lauren only to be told that Troop 24 has been, it's no more. It's been shut down when the older boys were being shipped off to Vietnam. They just didn't feel the need to start it back up again. I guess maybe there weren't, wasn't any interest or maybe it was just too difficult. And the deacon does look like he's probably 55 years old. And of course we all know it seemed like 55 back then and even in the 80s. I mean 55 to me, when I was a kid, my grandma's like 55, 60. She looked like they, it just seemed like back then, like 50, 60 years old, looked like you're like 75 closer to 80. But it's just, I guess it just depends on the life you lived and just, you know, how hard life was. I guess something like, it just, even when I was a kid, it's like, wow, 30's old. And then you get to 30 and then it's like, it's not really that old. <laughs> and Deacon... Lauren says, guess I taught those boys too well how to run through the woods and shoot. So, Dean says, well, me and my friend Corey and a few other of our friends would like to join. I mean, if you want to start it up again. And the deacon says, you know, I, I just not, not, not with me. I'm sorry. It's just, I'm too old to be sleeping on that hard ground. I'm thinking even with like those, you know, sleeping bags and, you know, the pads and stuff that they put underneath them, like the foam or whatever. It's like, yeah, sleeping on the ground, regardless whether it's a sleeping pad and bag, whatnot, it's still going to, yeah, you're going to wake up sore and stiff. Happy that Jeremy really isn't into camping. I actually never did any form of Girl Scouts. I mean, I was in Awana, which is kind of like a, a church group kind of thing when I was maybe five or six, maybe seven, but it wasn't for very long. Now that I look back on it, I think that was, I think that might have been a Baptist church that I went, because my mom's side at the time was Baptist, and then, you know, I was raised Catholic, because that was a big thing about my parents coming from different religions and what religion to raise their kids in and stuff like that. So Catholic won out in the end. And the deacon even mentions how eating all those weenies and beans out of a can gave me the gout. I'm like, ew. I've never had gout. Don't want to have gout. I've heard horrible, horrible things about The only thing I can think of when it comes to the word gout is, I swear, I think Bobby had it on King of the Hill. And he had to have his foot, like, bandaged up or something. So, Dean pretty much volunteers Bill. Like, Dad, you could do it. And Bill's like, wait, what? Yeah, you could be the scout man. I mean, the scout leader. You know, since apparently all the ideals were stolen from black people anyway, right? It's like, he, he knows, like, hey, you know, yeah, you could uh, you teach us, you know, the right way and all that stuff. And the deacon says, is that so, Bill? I mean, I've been a scout leader for, like, 40 years, and he, I, I didn't know that. And Bill says, you know, I'm acquainted with the history and everything, but I'm just, I'm busy. I have the college and my band, and I just, I don't have time for this. 
Dean is such a smooth talker. He's like, come on, Dad. I mean, you'll figure it out. Come on. He kind of lightly punches him in the arm. Like, you're good at everything. It's like totally schmoozing him. Like, just throwing out these handful of compliments. Eventually, if I keep throwing out compliments, he's going to have to agree, right? Eventually, he's just going to give him like, okay, I'll do it. The deacon hands Bill a bunch of handbooks that say Dixie Scouts on it and says, Welcome to the Scouts, Bill. <laughs> Sorry, man. Troop 24 is no more. How come? We had to shut it down when the older boys got drafted to Vietnam to fight. Guess I did too good a job teaching old boys how to run through the woods and shoot. <laughs> well, my friend Corey and a few others would like to be Scouts. Maybe we could start it up again? Nah, not with me. I'm too old to be sleeping out there on that hard ground. And eating all those wings and beans out of a can gave me the gout. Well, son, we tried. Dad, you can do it. Wait, what? Yeah, you could be the scout master. Scout leader. You already know a lot about it. Like how the scouts stole all their ideas from Africa. Is that so, Bill? I didn't know that. I've scout for 40 years. True, I'm acquainted with the history. But you know how busy I am with the college and the band. Don't worry. You'll figure it out. You get it everything. Welcome to the Scouts, Bill. <laughs> so we're back at home. It's later that night, and Bill is thumbing through the Scout handbook, and Dean is trying on Bruce's old Scout uniform, which is at least a couple sizes too big for Dean. And he says, hey, Mama, look. Bruce's old uniform fits like a glove. <laughs> and Dean, you know, also tells us that uh, Bruce's glove also fit like a glove if you, because he uh, added a bunch of duct tape to it to be able to keep it on his hand so it wasn't constantly falling off. And Lillian says, you know, it looks good, but it's going to look even better once I take it in. Yeah, she's going to have to hem and stuff to make it actually uh, fit Dean. Dean is so excited to be able to fill it up with merit badges. But I thought, like, it's like the merit badge. Don't they go, like, on a, on a sash across the chest? That's what I thought anyway. You wear the sash, right? Or maybe you do sew the patches directly onto the shirt. Maybe it just depends what troop you're in. And Dean is like, hey, Dad, what one should we start on first? And this is news to Lillian. She's like, we? Like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> you know, but in a good way, of course. It's nice that Bill is going to hopefully commit to this troop thing with with dean and lillian said well how are you going to have time to be a troop leader with you know the band and your job and everything and bill's like yeah i can do that i mean maybe you could help out you know make snacks and you know lead a few meetings if you know practice runs late for me and stuff like that and my job yeah isn't that what a code for it's denma a dead mother right in the scouts they're like helpers. Lillian looks at Bill and asks, when am I going to have time to run your scout group? And <laughs> Bill says, looks like someone's not going to get their kissing badge. I don't even think that's a thing. I don't, I don't think that's a thing. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not a thing. 
And I love how Dean is so proud of his dad. It's like, Dad will figure it out. Dad's great at everything. And Lillian says, yeah, that's right. I mean, your dad is the smartest man I've ever met. Oh. And Bill says as he closes the book, and he's like, what I am, what I don't know is right here in this book. Well, okay, here's what I, I, I'm going to predict this right now. I think they're going to get lost in the woods. Uh, I think Bill's going to keep thumbing through the handbook <laughs> like it's got the answer for everything. Not find answers that he needs and then eventually just take that book and chuck it into the lake. That's what I think's going to happen anyway. Like, dang you, book! You're supposed to help me! <laughs> Look, Ma. Bruce's old uniform fits like a glove. Well, it fit about as well as Bruce's old baseball glove, <laughs> which I had to attach to my arm with duct tape to keep from falling off. Oh, it looks good, but it's gonna look even better after I take it in. I'll cut it in half. <laughs> Can't wait to fill this baby up with merit badges. So, which one should we do first, Dad? We? Yeah, Dad's taking over his troop leader. You? Yeah, me. Where are you going to find the time to run a scout troop? Well, I thought maybe you could help me out with the paperwork and making snacks and maybe lead a few meetings if I had bad practice. Where am I going to find the time for you to run a scout troop? Looks like somebody's not getting that kissing badge. Dad's going to be a great leader. He's smart. He can figure out anything. Well, you right about that. Your dad is the smartest man I ever met. And what I don't know... All explained right here in the book. Alright, so yeah, it looks like a pretty good turnout. I mean, we see Corey Hampton, we see Norman and Dean, and they're all just hanging out in the living room as Bill's flipping through the Scout handbook. Like, are y'all ready to get your merit badges? Like, oh yeah. Okay, and there are three other boys we haven't met yet. So, yeah, it turns out he's just using the kids to do, like, housework and yard work. It's like, they're not your butlers and maids. They're, it's like, hey, I got all these chores that you need to be doing. Like, and I guess Dean's on the floor in front of the, in front of the fireplace, and Bill's like, all right, good boy, you keep stacking that wood there. Good for you. You're doing great. You're going to earn that merit badge in no time flat. Yeah. Excuse me, those kids are going to start to... This isn't... I thought we were going to, like, do real, like, camping stuff and... And scout stuff, like, building fire... Well, there's a fireplace and wood. So he's like, there's the wood and the fire. You know, just like camping, only you're inside a house and you're not in the actual woods. And you can sleep in sleeping bags on the floor in the living room or in the backyard. And you can put a tent out there just like camping. So Bill goes into the kitchen and asks, hey, how's that leak coming? And he's got Hampton underneath the kitchen sink. And it turns out I guess it just needs a washer to be able to, uh, for the leak to stop. So, uh, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, he's having these kids do chores that he's probably, probably usually supposed to be doing. <laughs> oh my goodness. And Bill says, hey, look, you're one step closer to getting that plumbing badge. I'm like, is that a, like, uh, I don't think, I don't know, I was never in the Scouts, so I don't know. But wasn't Girl Scouts was, was more kind of geared towards, like, like, homemaking stuff, like sewing and learning how to prepare meals and, you know, other 
things like that, right? So Norman comes in and says that he's been working on stuff outside, and then Bill's like, good for you. All right, now you can weed those, get those weeds out of that garden, and you'll get your gardening badge. One of these kids is going to crack eventually. Forget this. This isn't, like, boy, this, what is the, what am I doing? I'm doing chores that I won't even do at my own home. come in with groceries and Kim is already complaining like oh we're never gonna get this stinky boy smell out of this house <laughs> Lillian asked Bill why there's a boy painting their front door and Bill says well he's trying really hard to get his home repairs badge I don't, I don't think that's a badge either <laughs> And Lillian says, you know, it sounds to me like you're trying to check off things off your chore list. So Kim's eyes light up at this, like, oh, is there a lottery badge? Because I don't feel like doing my chores either. <laughs> like, someone can do my laundry for me. So Bill quotes from the Scout book as he says that Merit badges encourage kids to tr do new activities that could lead to new skills. Even, I guess, job skills, even. Like, yeah, home repairs, plumbing, painting, carpentry stuff, like weeding, you know, lawn care, different things like that. So many different things. No, he's just checking boxes off his little chore chart here that he needs to get done. Like, yeah, that should take care of all these chores that I haven't gotten to in the last, like, ten years. <laughs> and Lillian tells Bill, like, I'm pretty sure that's not what these kids signed up for. And Norman hears us, he's like, yeah, I mean, Dean said we we're going to go camping and canoeing and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, we're supposed to go camping and canoeing. I'm not, didn't come over here to be digging up someone's weeds and that stuff, and... Bill's like, whoa, whoa, Norman, it sounds like you don't want to earn your good citizen badge. Like, what? So, of course, Coach Long comes over to collect Corey, and Corey's been making cookies. He's getting his OMEC badge, or cooking badge, or whatever you want to call it. And Bill even says, yeah, you also could earn your first aid badge for not killing me, because he's like, don't worry, I didn't put any walnuts in the cookies, because they know how they hurt your tum-tum, <laughs> they hurt your tummy. And now, apparently, Coach Long's an Eagle Scout, has been since he was a boy. And it's like, I think that the boys would benefit more from, you know, camping, sleeping under the stars, fishing, canoeing, you know, being out in the woods, just learning how to do things. And Dean perks up at this. He's <laughs> like, yeah, all the boys are like, yeah. And Coach Long even volunteers himself to, like, kind of help out. 
where Bill's like, yeah, you can be my assistant. And Coach Long says, no, I'll be a co-leader since I'm an Eagle Scout. And he also says, like, one-fourth Cherokee. It's like, oh, but those are just words, of course. Uh-huh. You know that these two are going to go toe-to-toe, and it is going to be on once they get to the woods. Like, you're going to see one measuring up more due to experience and being an Eagle Scout and one person not being, you know, a man of the woods and stuff like that. So, yeah. And they got the kids fired up. It's like, they want to go out in the woods. They want to really camp. And they want to do all these fun activities and earn real merit badges. Not a plumbing badge. Not a good citizen badge. Well, maybe. But not through weeding. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if I signed up for something and then I found out I was duped into doing somebody's household chores and then they say, like, oh, no, you're earning badges by doing this stuff, stuff, skills that you can take with you for the rest of your life. I'm preparing you for life. And they, no, 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 no. That is not what I signed up. I'll be like, give me that book. Where does it say laundry badge, plumbing badge, <laughs> housekeeping badge it doesn't say any of that in that book I think it's mainly just to help you survive in the woods and learn all these skills so if you wind up in a situation where you're out in the woods or you're lost or something you just you have these skills so you can survive it's about survival learning how to survive in unpredictable situations if you ever find yourself out in the woods lost or something like that my dad tried to pull that on me one time when I was probably maybe 11 or 12 we were out in the woods walking around here on the back of his property and stuff and then all of a sudden he's like oh I don't know what way we came in at do you know the way we came in at? I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. What, I know you know how to get out of here, Dad. I'm like, why are you relying on me? Yeah, clearly I was, no. No, 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 no. He was just trying. He was just messing with me, I think. He knew the way how to get. Yeah, that scared me for a bit. That, because we were a, pretty far into the woods. That we couldn't see, you know, the hay field. And it just, that, that freaked me out. That really, really did. Sleeping under the 
stars like I did when I was a scout. Yeah. Yeah. Dad, you could take us camping. Well, I wouldn't want to step on Bill's toes, but if you need my help, or rather my expertise. He doesn't. He can take us. Right, Dad? Of course. He's been avoiding it by doing all this stuff. without the walnuts because they know how they make your tummy hurt. And then he's like, oh yeah, you know what, Corey, I'm just going to give you that cooking badge and the first aid badge because you you saved my life there. And then Coach Long says, you know, I think these boys should really be, you know, out in nature, you know, outside. Like, what do you got them cooped up in the house for? Yeah, Coach Long says hiking, fishing, sleeping under the stars. And the kids all start to come into the living room when they're hearing all this. Like, oh, yeah, we want to do that. Yeah, and Coach Long's like, you know, like I did those things when I was a scout. And Corey says, Dad, you could take us camping. And and Coach Long says, well, I mean, I don't want to step on, you know, Bill's toes or anything. It's like, mm, this is clearly like... I'm manlier than you, like, who's the bigger man here? Like, it's almost, it's just this weird manly man contest. <laughs> and Coach Long even offers, you know, his expertise and everything. You know, I could come along in case you need that. And Dean's like, oh, no, he doesn't. Dad can take us, right, Dad? You can do that. <laughs> Dean pretty much volunteered Bill. Like, come on, Dad, let's do this. May the best dad win, I guess, <laughs> at the camping. We'll see which one comes out on top on the end, in the end. Dean, really, he does. He puts his, well, I don't know, he kind of, well, he admires his dad. And, you know, he probably does put him on a pedestal and stuff. And he sees, you know, dad can't do any wrong as far as, you know, he's good at everything. And he's always right. And he's the smartest man in the world. And, you know, you know kids think that about their parents. And then just to see... The parent kind of fail at things that you think would come easy to pretty much everyone. It's just, I don't know, maybe, I I think Dean is just going to learn that, you know, his dad is human. He can't do everything. Some things, some people are going to be a little better at. I like how Bill puts an arm around Dean and then Coach Long puts an arm around Corey and... It's, Coach Long, he's just, like, really kind of scrutinizing, like, trying to, like, size Bill up, like, Bill Williams, what do you know about camping? And Bill equates that to, oh, it's really no different than going on the road with my band, just more marshmallows. Uh, first of all, when you're on the road with your band, you're probably... Most likely in a trailer of, of sorts or in a vehicle or whatever. Out camping, you're roughing it. 
Bare essentials, sleeping bag, tent, some food from a camp store. You're, you're basically, you're, you're cooking, you're eating off the land, you're fishing, you're eating what you're making, you're making the beans, you're putting it over, you know, a fire, you're doing all that stuff. You're just, yeah, when they say roughing it and camping, they mean you are literally roughing it. You're going to go take a bath in the lake that you just caught a fish in to eat. Roughing it. And Bill makes it clear. He's like, yeah, if you want to spend time with your boy, you can come along as my assistant. <laughs> uh, it's like you, you clearly wanted to draw the line. Literally. You can come along, but you're going to be my assistant. You're, you know, not going to step on my toes or anything. Because I, I'm sorry, it's like, well, I am the scout leader. So, uh -huh. yeah. But then Co Coach Long's like, yeah, but I've been an Eagle Scout since I was a child. Not to mention he says that he's like a quarter Cherokee. So, yeah. If anyone knows the woods, it's going to be Coach Long. Yeah, and Coach Long says, well, I see this as more of a co-leader situation. And Bill says, well, let's not get hung up on titles. I mean, this is for the boys. It's like they're trying, they're going toe-to-toe -to -toe with each other, trying to, like, Who's the better better guy? Like, they don't want to be seen as weak in front of their boys. <laughs> like, excuse me, I'm the scout leader. I am not going to bow down to you, Bill, okay? No. Yeah, he says that uh, titles are just words. And Bill says, yeah, just words. And <laughs> Coach Wong drops a, yeah, like Eagle Scout. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one sixteenth Cherokee. Okay, gotcha. That's gonna be very, very small. One sixteenth, right? I don't know fractions. I'm not gonna try to solve that. All right, so Dean's getting what he wants. He wants to go camping. All right, boys. So adult Dean narrates, you know, spending the weekend with a bunch of twelve-year-olds is not <laughs> Bill's idea of a fun weekend. Well. Because the boys got their knapsacks on their backs and they're just running into the woods. I'm thinking, boys, you better pace yourselves. You're going to have a lot of work ahead of you. You know, setting stuff up, campsite, all that. Because we see, looks like they got, like, a lot of provisions. A lot of, like, cases of, like, soda and snacks and drinks and all that good stuff. They're going to have a good time. Well, the kids might. I don't know about the... Well, I don't know about Bill. <laughs> so, of course, Bill doesn't want Coach Long to show him up. So, Bill basically went for broke at the sporting goods store. It's like, oh, heck yeah, we're going all out. We're going to camp. We're going to do this thing right. He's getting probably a nice heated, you know, Coleman stove, lamp, all that stuff. Coach Long is just kind of watching Bill pull all of this stuff out of the back of his car with this bemused look on his face. Like, Bill, what is all this? You know, I could survive in the woods with a knife and two, what do you say, a knife and two sticks to rub together? Oh yeah, he says a knife, a canteen, because of course you got to stay hydrated, and two sticks to rub together. And Bill says, okay, well, you take, you keep your two sticks, and I believe, you know, I believe if you do something, you got to do something in style. And he's got this big box of a camping tent. I'm sure, yeah, he's going to have a fun time putting that together. Boy, <laughs> that big tent's going to take forever. Just looking at the box, and it says 
flex I think it says like flexible metal frame your home away from home try to see like the number of people that it will fit into this tent so yeah he bought the tent to end all tents and apparently it had a bell on it probably to alert bears scare bears away So yeah, just like I predicted, of course, the poles all have a synchronized way of going together. There's like A23 and C26 and B20 something or other. And Dean's just trying to figure out like, okay, I think we put this where this actually should go. And Bill is all, his mantra, his motto, be cool. Like, we'll figure it out one way or another. Yeah, Bill just says, look, it's just letters and numbers. We'll figure it out. And then Coach Long's like, oh, you're still working on that, huh? We see in the background, of course, they already got their tent up. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Coach Long is really <laughs> giving those digs to, to Bill. Just like, oh, if it rains, you can put that pretty little box, you know, that the tent came in over your head. And Bill says to Coach Long, it's like, oh, yeah, if there's a bear at night, uh, don't come ring it. Don't come to my tent trying to ring my bell, which <laughs> Bill's got that little bell that's supposed to be attached to the top of the tent that's supposed to ring in case a, a, a bear shows up. And Bill, like, kind of wiggles the bell and <laughs> doesn't make a sound. And then Bill's like, oh, well, that it just means that, you know, it works at a frequency that only bears can hear. And Coach Wong says, yeah, Bill, bears don't work like that. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, they're not dog. That's not a dog whistle or a bear bell. So Coach Long gets the boys all riled. Like, hey, who wants to go chop down some firewood? All the boys are like, me, 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 me. They all run off. And you can kind of see that Dean kind of looks longingly in the direction of the kids. Like, oh, I'd really like to do it. But he turns back to his dad. It's like, I'll stay and help with the tent. And Bill says, you know, thank you, son. And then he holds <laughs> up the instruction manual. Says, I refuse to believe that this smiling <laughs> idiot here on the cover of this instruction manual is smarter than me. <laughs> Thank you, son. I refuse to believe that this grinny idiot is 
They're still working on the tent. It really, it looks like a ha <laughs> hazard waiting to happen. Like, you're going to go inside that tent and she's going to collapse on you. And then, <laughs> yeah, Dean's like, I think this is supposed to be a skylight. And Bill tells him, well, you know what? Now it's a door. So, to add insult to injury, here we got Cora coming. Like, oh, my gosh, Dean, you'll never believe it. We're chopping down firewood, right? We're chopping down wood. And then all of a sudden, there is this copperhead snake that just popped out from underneath a, a piece of wood. And then Mr. Wong, or my dad, like, oh, I think Norman is saying that um, Coach Wong, like, chopped it in half with a ha uh, hatchet. The snake and the head was still moving around. Oh, and you just see the look on Dean's face like, oh, man, I really wish I could have been there to see that. That would sound so cool. And Norman adds how then a hawk, like, swooped down and grabbed it and carried it away. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. That is one of those things, like, you got to be there to believe it. <sighs> Poor Dean, he's missing out on all the fun while he's trying to help his dad mangle this this tent together that does not look like it can support one person let alone two it really looks like it's just gonna i mean the other tent looks like one of those things that it's like just connected with string like you just tie like two ends to two different trees and it's basically it stays up i guess i, I like i said i've never really gone camping as far as i mean i went once with a friend to Mackinac, and they had a tent that had some, uh, you know, air mattresses in it and stuff like that, so that was pretty cool. Says how, Corey says how, if it weren't for my dad, we all would be dead from that snake, and Norman would have been carried off by that hawk, you know, because he's small. Coach Long, of course, says, well, the boys are exaggerating a little bit, but I did work up an appetite, so he tells the boys to get some logs for the fire, get that set up, sharpen, sharpen some sticks so we can make hot dogs. Yeah. So, Bill's like, oh yeah, I know you told me to get hot dogs, but I got something better than that. Freeze-dried beef stroganoff. Oh my god! I, oh, I don't think those kids are going to like that. I just, I, when I think freeze-dried, I'm thinking, like, well, didn't they have, like, freeze-dried food for, like, um, the, like, pre-processed, like, quick army meals? I, I know there's a term for them. I cannot think of it to save my life. I thought there's also something similar to that, like, the astronauts' food and stuff like that. I don't think those kids are gonna. Oh man, why don't you also just get hot dogs? Could have gotten both. Dean said you broke the bank at uh, the, the the supply store. Could have gotten both. And Coach Long is like, well, what are you feeding us? You know, beanies and weenies would have been a lot easier. And Bill says, well, this is the food of the future. So then it's. Astronaut food, right? I, I, I'm guessing, I don't know, food of the future. 
Is he watching the Jetsons? <laughs> the salesman just wanted to get rid of that stuff, so apparently Bill believes, like, oh, yeah, the salesman said this is what the astronauts use. <clears throat> okay, so, I gotcha. Yeah, Bill says, you know, all we gotta do is add hot water and we'll be eating like kings. Water from that, that river over there, that creek? Oh, boy, you're gonna have to boil that water. Sanitize it. Well... So, we see the result of this beef stroganoff. <laughs> Freeze-dried. When we see it in a bowl, it looks like oatmeal. It, I don't know. Where's the beef? <laughs> Where's the beef? <laughs> in this beef stroganoff, because I don't see it. <laughs> Cheaper. The salesman told me this is what the astronauts use. All we gotta do is add hot water and we'll be eating like kings. Yeah. No. Yeah, all the kids, even Dean is just kind of like lifting it up with a spoon and inspecting it. Like, what is this? And Bill's like, come on, guys. If you close your eyes, it'll be just like eating a f in a fancy restaurant wherever beef stroganoff comes from. <laughs> it literally, it does. It looks like oatmeal. And it looks like they're like, well, where's the beef? Where is it? <laughs> so in that moment, Dean's like, gosh, thinking to himself, I wonder what Mama and Kim are having for dinner. And then we see Dean's fantasy image here of <laughs> Lillian and Kim just, they got, I don't know what, like, it looks like potatoes and maybe um, beef or something. And then Kim's like, no, Mom, I, I couldn't possibly have another piece of Dean's favorite cornbread. Oh, <laughs> dude, why are you picturing this? You're just torturing yourself. Yeah, I couldn't possibly eat another piece of Dean's favorite cornbread, not after I ate Two helpings of Dean's favorite spare ribs. It even looks like they have a, like a white cake on a platter with like coconut shavings on it. Oh, that food looks good. I'm getting hungry. I mean, it's you know almost 11:30 in the morning. So, okay, I was right because Lillian's like, well, I hope you save some room for a big piece of coconut cake. That looks amazing. It looks so good. Which coconut cake is apparently also Dean's favorite food as well. Favorite dessert. Come on, guys. If you close your eyes, it's just like eating at a fancy restaurant in whatever country be stroking off comes from. 
my mom and sister were having for dinner back home. So at 6 a.m., Bill decides he's going to bugle, and he decides to wake the boys up at 6 a.m., and this apparently, this technique was stolen from a tribe in, uh, some warriors in Zimbabwe, apparently. And it says in the subtitles, in quotations, it says Reveille, so I'm guessing that's the tune that he's tooting out on the old bugle there. Alright, so everyone's awake and Coach Long is going to have the boys take out their notebooks and go out into the woods and identify some plants so they can earn their nature badge. Alright. Well, plus it's probably good that they identify certain plants so they know which ones to stay away from, like poison ivy, poison oak. Other things like Or even, like, telling them what plants are edible so you know which ones. If you were lost in the woods and you had no choice but to rely on nature to feed you, you would know what plants you could actually have. Actually, that's how, um, what's it, Chris McCandless? Is that his name? Um, from that movie In the Wild that's based on his life. Chris McCand. Christopher McCandless. Okay, hold on. Let's go here. Yeah, Christopher <clears throat> McCandless, after graduating from Emory... This is taken from Wikipedia, by the way. From Emory University, University in Georgia in 1990, McCandless traveled across North America and eventually hitchhiked to Alaska in April 92. There... There, he entered the Alaskan bush with minimal supplies, hoping to live simply off the land. On the eastern bank of the Shushana River, McCandless found an abandoned bus, Fairbanks Bus 142, which he used as a makeshift, makeshift shelter until his death. Wow, so his in September, his body was found, weighing only 67 pounds. Oh my goodness. So a hunter discovered his body, and it says McCandless's cause of death was officially ruled to be starvation. Although the exact circumstances relating to his death remain the subject of some debate. So when the movie came out, I think it was 2007, Into the Wild, which Emile Hirsch... So yeah, I would definitely recommend Into the Wild. Another movie that came out in 1994, Five ninety-four, uh, family movie called Far From Home, Adventures of Yellow Dog, about a boy and his father and his dog. The ship they're on capsizes, and the father gets rescued, but the boy and his dog have to survive the Canadian wilderness until they can hopefully be found. It, very good movie. But in the movie Into the Wild, I mean, spoiler if you haven't seen it, but the way they depict how he dies, it most likely could be starvation, but he was eating berries, and he even had a book about which ones were poisonous, which ones weren't, and he had eaten some berries, and he was looking them up, 
in his book, only to find out that they were, in fact, poisonous. And in the, in the movie, it just feels like that is how he died. He ate some poisonous berries. So, but I, by the end of the, he was literally skin and bones. But definitely an amazing movie. I believe it was directed by Sean Penn. Uh, had a a lot of a lot of co-stars. Kirsten Stewart was in it. Uh, Jenna Malone, Martha, Marcia Gay Harden, just a plethora. Vince Vaughn, a plethora of stars. So the music too. Eddie Vedder, I believe, did a lot of the music in that movie, and it's just gorgeous scenery. I just I love it so much. I haven't watched it in a bit, but it is it's one to watch, very much so. Just for the journey that Chris goes on. So, Bill and Coach Long, again, are at odds because the boys don't want to go looking for plants. Because Bill comes up with a second solution. He's like, well, or I saw on the map here there's a crystal clear lake with a swimming dock. So, of course, you know, probably, hey, the boys can earn their swimming badge. I'm thinking, you have not looked at this lake. You don't know the condition that it's in or if it does even have a swimming dock, what condition the dock is in. It just seems like Bill's suggestions are just the results of them <laughs> aren't good. And none of the kids like the food. His, you know, it's always like, it's almost like a, I know more than you even though you're an Eagle Scout. Bill just feels like it's almost like his intuition. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Like, I got this. It's like he, he's constantly trying to prove, like, Coach Long wrong. Like, no, let's try this situation. I'm kind of wondering, like, is is Dean going to be like, uh, Dad, I think I'm going to go with them. This makes me think of that episode of uh, Full House when Michelle... Both Danny and Uncle Jesse were taking the kids to uh, Michelle's class to the museum. They split into two groups. Jesse with the cool group and Danny with the uh, regimented in control group. Yeah. Where you can only guess how well Jesse's group behaved at that museum. He, if you haven't seen the episode <laughs> it's uh, it's a good one i haven't covered it for the all my lanta holy chalupas podcast but i do plan to soon so yeah bill gets the kids kind of whipped up into a frenzy like hey who wants to earn their hiking badge and their swimming badge the kids all leap at that of course they do they don't want to look for plants they want to go hiking and Find this swimming hole, or this lake, or this whatever it is. And Dean is just thinking, like, all right, now we're talking. And the look that Bill gives Cliff, Coach Long, is like, yeah, now we're doing my idea. The boys like my idea better. And Coach Long, is just, he's looking at, at Bill like, uh-huh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think this is about to blow up in Bill's face. This is not going to be a good idea. But then again, like I said, I haven't seen the episodes prior to recording. So, I could be wrong. I could be 100% wrong. And it could turn out to be a good idea. But it just seems like 
Bill's ideas so far haven't really landed on a positive note. Long and the boys walking to their destination of this lake somewhere. This crystal clear lake. And when he said that, I kind of got a um, Camp Crystal Lake vibe. <laughs> I've never seen all the Friday the 13th movies. I don't even think I've seen the first one all the way through. But in the back of my mind, just the crystal clear lake, I'm thinking, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where Camp Crystal Lake in the Friday the 13th movies, I don't, I don't know where that's set necessarily, but I don't think it's Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> and Dean, adult Dean is just looking back at this memory, just like, walking sticks really clearly that salesman worked on commission, because Bill's got two walking sticks. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That guy was clearly unloading stuff. Like that freeze-dried beef stroganoff, you know? He was probably like, oh, this stuff's set to expire. I gotta get rid of it. <laughs> In walks Bill. Well, here's what. You'll need all this stuff. Yeah. So now Bill and Coach Long are gonna disagree on whether they're lost or not. Bill says, no, 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 we just keep going that way. And... Coach Long says, well, I think we went off the grid, like, a mile back. I think, like, we overshot. Like, let me look at the map. Let me make sure. <laughs> so, yeah, these guys, <laughs> they can disagree about everything. Which they're both coming at it. Because, yeah, even Coach Long again brings up his 116th Cherokee heritage. Like, I think I know the woods better than you. I am an Eagle Scout, after all, and 116th Cherokee. And, and Bill's like, yeah, you're still spewing that same BS that you were back in third grade. I still didn't believe it then when you said you made it rain, and I don't believe it now. All the kids, except for Dean, are following Coach Long. I like how, I mean, Dean does want to stick close to his dad. He doesn't want to feel like, oh, I'm going to go with them, Dad. <laughs> So, yeah, Coach Long takes the boys, they go ahead and start heading back, you know, the mile that they overshot, and then Dean and Bill head in the direction they just keep going, and it's like, all right, we're almost there, and Dean is starting to get a little fed up, like, oh, you said that like 20 minutes ago. So, Dean, yeah, he's finally fed up, he's like, oh, just admit it that we're lost, look, I don't care about the lake anymore, I just want to go back to the campsite. So he's taking out, Bill's taking out this map that I guess he got of, 
Is this one of those, um, what do they call those things? It's like in the Blair Witch Project, that map. It was like, um, topographical map or something like that. So frustrating was like, just admit that we're lost and you have no idea where we are. And then Dean hears a noise. I swear I thought that sounded like girls giggling or something like that. Oh, they found a swimming hole or something. And Belle's like, no, I know exactly where we are. So, <laughs> turns out the boy, they did end up finding the lake because there's a dock and everything. And there's a bunch of, like, girls from the Pixie Scouts, which I'm guessing is like a Girl Scout type of thing. Okay, so the boys are the Dixie Scouts and the girls are the Pixie Scouts. Interesting. And Corey's like, oh, yeah, this one girl, she didn't have anyone to talk to, so I told her about you, and she really wanted to meet you. And Dean just like, oh, man. So Dean, of course, is frustrated because Coach Long's like, all right, let's head back to the campsite. And Dean is just like, but I didn't get a chance to swim. And then, you know, adult Dean says, I don't think I've ever been so angry at my dad. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh, he's just gonna blow up at his dad. Like, oh, you don't know anything about camping. You don't know anything about the woods. I never should have followed you. Uh, I never should have listened to anything you have to say. Oh my god. Dean just, oh, he lashes out at his dad. It's like, this stinks. You stink. Oh, uh, you ruined this trip for me because you don't know anything. Oh, I, I feel bad for Bill. He he has been trying. I granted a lot of the stuff he's been doing is is you know wrong in in a way, and the kids are just unhappy. But yeah, he did. I mean, but he did try. You know, he really did. You know, for Dean, he wanted to. But the thing is, Bill always wants wanted to you know be right and everything like that, and just. I do, I do kind of feel for Bill. I mean, he did try, but it just, uh, you know, kept button heads with Coach Long. <sighs> yeah, Dean even says you should have let Coach Long just be the leader. And you see the kids and Coach Long kind of, like, brace themselves. And Dean's thinking he's going to get a whooping for speaking like that to his father. And I'm just like... What is Bill going to do? Is he just going to, like, stand there? Is he going to say, I'm sorry, son? Is he going to walk away, just not say anything, and just walk back into the woods? Or what? I'm curious. So, yeah, he doesn't really do anything. doesn't yell at Dean or anything. He just, he kind of gives in. Bill says, you know, Coach uh, Cliff is right. Why don't you follow him? You know, it's going to be getting dark soon. Follow him back to the campsite. I just, oh, and that moment, I, I did feel bad for Bill. Just that look of just his son being disappointed in him and just feels like, and that's the thing. It's like, Dean, you're learning. Your dad doesn't necessarily know everything. And it's not that he's not a smart man. He is. There's just some things maybe other people do have more experience in. And I think it's the fact that, yeah, he could have let, you know, Cliff lead being, he's been, you know, the an Eagle Scout, and he has the experience. But it's just like, he didn't want to be shown up in front of his son. He would just, it was that pride. He did just, yeah. 
But here he just, you know, he, he bowed out gracefully. He's like, clearly, no, I don't have the expertise. Or no, it's just follow Cliff back to the campsite. You know, but basically letting him be the leader. You know, relinquishing, you know, control and just saying, all right, you're right. Yeah, Dean goes back with the others, walks right past his dad and doesn't say anything to him. And he just, But he does turn and look back at his dad, who's just kind of, you know, standing there. Just like, it's almost like he's been knocked off that pedestal that Dean kind of puts him on. So now the boys are back at camp, they're roasting marshmallows, and Dean is feeling bad about how he went off on his dad, who is still trying to put that tent together, and Dean feels like, yeah, he probably should be helping his dad, you know, try to, you know, make a peace offering, like, I'm going to yell at you here, let me help you with the tent. So... Coach Long sits down next to Dean and says, hey, it looks like your dad could use a hand, you know, because Dean's roasting a marshmallow and it's just, the marshmallows can go from brown to black. So basically toasted to burnt very quickly. So, yeah, Coach Long says, hey, it looks like your dad could use a hand. And 
Dean, who's still angry, says, well, it's not my fault he doesn't know what he's doing. And that he's so bad at this. Coach Long is, like, bad. <laughs> he's worse. Seriously. When we were your age, a bunch of us would go out in the woods and your dad would stay at home and practice his saxophone. Well, it just goes to show that Bill just, he's not an outdoorsman. That's not what he's into. He, You know, he's into his music. And there's nothing wrong about that. You know, everyone's into what they're into. <laughs> and uh, Coach Long says how Bill, you know, when they're kids, you know, would yell at, you know, Cliff and the other guys like, oh, you, you're wasting your time chasing those squirrels because he's saying, you know, I'm going to stay home and practice. And he says, you know, that way one day he can play at the Blue Note in New York City. So it's like, yes, time and practice did pay off for him because he is a very good musician. And Coach Long tells Dean, it's like, yeah, and I'll be damned if he didn't play there before we even graduated college. Like, yeah, that's the thing, you know, you stick, I guess, with what you're good at. There's nothing wrong with trying a new skill, but sometimes you kind of, you stick with what you know. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I like something, or, you know, I'm not going to, something that I don't like to do, and just pretend I know how to do it when I clearly don't. Yeah, and Coach Long says, you know, when I heard that he had volunteered to be, you know, a troop leader, I was surprised. I couldn't believe that he would do that. And Dean asked, well, why did he? And Coach Long tells him because he wanted his son to be able to do something that was important to him. And, you know, this was important to Dean. And, and Bill wanted to be there for his son. Bill may not be into camping, but he showed up for his son. It's not his favorite thing, but he did it because that's his son. And he wanted to support him. And I like how Coach Long adds, you know, that meant being foolish. Well, then he was, you know, Bill was man enough to let it happen. It's like, yeah, but he, he may have looked a little foolish doing, you know, <laughs> insisting he knew where they were going and the beef stroking off and putting up that tent and everything, but he did it. So now Coach Long has to go babysit the boys. He's like, hey, how many times have I told you not to play catch with a hatch? Oh, my God. You Kids, you're 12, not 5. You don't know. You don't throw around a hatchet. Someone's going to lose a hand, a finger, an arm. You don't do that. An adult dean comes on and narrates, you know, when you're 12, it's hard to process that your dad isn't good at everything. In a way, I think maybe with a lot of us growing up, you know, we do probably put our parents on pedestals when we're young and think like, oh, they can do anything. They're super mom or super dad. And then the first time you see that they're not good at something and almost like they start to tilt on that pedestal that you put them on. And you realize that at the end of the day, like, your parents are just that. They are human beings. They're going to fail at stuff. They're not going to be great at every single thing because they're human. There's going to be th some things, you know, and this even could be the wondering words of wisdom for this week is we're not good at everything. And anyone that says that they are are clearly lying through their teeth. And... You know, sometimes you're good at one thing that you're really, really good at. And then sometimes someone will come along that might be a, just a smidge bit better. And sometimes that's even hard to take. 
But the thing is, there are things that some people shine at a smidge better than other people do. Or even if you want to try to learn a new skill, just because you don't do well at it the first time doesn't mean you got to give up. And adult Dean mentions his son, you know, of the course when his son was eight. And adult Dean says, stupid John Madden football. Oh, probably, his son probably tried to get him to play a video game. Like, I don't get this. <laughs> yeah, he says, stupid John Madden football. Like, that proves anything. I can tell my dad was feeling terrible about what I said at the lake. I was feeling pretty lousy myself. And he obviously needed my help putting up that tent. But you know what? I was cooking a marshmallow. And those things go from brown to black real quick. <laughs> Look like your father could use a hand. It's not my fault he doesn't know what he's doing. He's really bad at this. Man. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> Always has been. Now, when we were around your age, a bunch of us would go out to the woods. And your father would stay home and practice his saxophone. So it starts, they got a good campfire going, the boys and Coach Wong, they're hanging around the fire. Bill's still trying to finish that tent. And Dean picks up the last pole. So, okay, he's going to help his dad, like, finish. Like, we're going to finish it together. It might look not like what's on the box, but it's up <laughs> for now. An adult Dean narrates, there's so many things I wanted to say to my dad in that moment when I realized that he wasn't the perfect man I thought he was. And Dean even adds, you know, how I was ashamed of myself for the way I embarrassed him back at the lake. Well, yeah, I can imagine. You know, sometimes when you say things in anger, you look back later and it's like, why was I so angry? Why did I... And you kind of chalk those moments up as like, ah, oh, stupid me. Like, I know I was angry, but I really shouldn't have said that. Because as they say, guys, words can hurt and they can cut deep. I'm sorry, but that saying about sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words can never hurt me. That is a bullshit lie. Because sometimes 
words can hit more emotionally than any physical pain. I like this quote that Dean says that his dad left his comfort zone left his comfort zone to do something he hated because it was something that I loved. That is so sweet. That a parent is going to do something that they're not really a fan of. Like they could rather be doing anything else in the world, but they're doing it because they love their child so much and they want, you know, to see their kid, you know, succeed and all that. Yeah, just, you know, and just being there. Like, yeah, Dad could be at home, you know, rehears or, you know, rehearsing with his band, or he could be doing something else. But he chose to show up to come there and be for his son. So while uh, all those thoughts swirled around Dean's head, the one thing he says, he says, Dad, I haven't BM'd in two days. Well, you're probably constipated. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, he could have said, Dad, I haven't taken a dump in two days. But he's like, no, I haven't BM'd in a... I haven't made a bowel movement in two days. Like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> I can't wait to see Bill's response to this. Dean asks, is that a bad thing? And Bill says, I think you'll live. Bill puts a hand on Dean's shoulder and says, just don't tell your mother or you'll be gulping down castor oil. Oh. Bill says this stuff is almost as nasty as my stroganoff. <laughs> I told you it was disgusting. <laughs> well, you know what? That stroganoff, I'm sure that'll, that ba that'll back you up. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, you know what? That stroganoff, I'm sure that'll, that ba that'll back you up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm surprised no one got diarrhea from that stroganoff. <laughs> all right, so guess what? Thunder and lightning hit. Coach Lonsley, like, all right, grab your stuff and head to the car. Um, are Dean and uh, Bill going to try to attempt... Wouldn't those poles, wouldn't they get electrocuted by that? Oh, boy. Part of me wonders if they're going to go into the tent, the two of them. They're either going to get struck by lightning or the tent is just going to collapse on them. That's what I think is going to happen. Stuff is almost as nasty as my stroking off. 
happen. So yeah, they're all actually hunkered down in the car. Dean and Bill are in the front seat, and Dean's like, oh man, now we can't earn any more badges. Because it looks like the rain is not going to, and thunder is not going to let up. So Bill says, you know, I think there's one more merit badge I looked in the book that you can earn before your parents expect you home. Yeah, that tent went down with the storm. club and I guess he slipped the maitre d' like five bucks to let the kids in and yeah they earned their music appreciation badge sweet <laughs> apparently that was also the first night they ordered drinks from the bar of course they didn't know that a Roy Rogers drink was not you know it was not alcoholic but they didn't care because they were wasted I'm guessing on excitement I think Hamilton must pet. I think Hampton! Damn it! Why do I keep calling him Hamilton? But he passed out. Like he does! Like we know from the club, you know, episode. <laughs> and Dean is narrating and thinking, you know, maybe it's because of all the cigarette smoke, or maybe it's because we hadn't BM'd in two days. <laughs> Enough of the BMs! Boys and their poop jokes. Yeah, someone on stage recognizes Bill and says, hey, I recognize a familiar face. Maybe if we clap and cheer, we can uh, encourage Mr. Bill Williams to come up on stage with us for a number. And the kids all start clapping. Like, oh, sweet. So, yeah, the episode ends with adult Dean nearing how his own slice of the American dream may not look like other people's, but he had a cool cat for a father. A man that would do just about anything to make him happy. And that was enough for Dean. Oh, I think this is a sweet episode. It's so sweet.
about anything to make me happy. And that was enough. Okay, so I looked up a Roy Rogers. It says it's a non-alcoholic drink, uh, mixed drink made with cola and gren, gren, grenadine syrup garnished with a maraschino cherry. The drink's lack of alcoholic content allows it to be served as a mocktail to people who do not drink alcohol. Named after the actor and singer Roy Rogers, it is similar to other non-alcoholic beverages such as the Shirley Temple, which uses ginger ale or lemon-lime soda instead, instead of cola. Okay, interesting. See, like I said, I learned, I learned quite a bit in this episode. I really did. So I think I do I do not have a, a worst outfit for this episode. I just I don't. Best outfit. I'm gonna go with the boys in their scout uniforms. They look so cute and adorable. So of course I do want to do the <laughs> the um user review for this episode i always you know since i'm watching these episodes for the first time while i'm reviewing them i always i want to wait till the end because you know i don't want to be spoiled on the review where is that review it was here for heaven's sake oh my goodness hold on a second sorry guys all right, so I don't know what's going on with IMDb, but I think in the future I'm just going to screenshot the reviews when I see them because for whatever reason, I even went to the website on my laptop and IMDb is just whatever the fucking problem is. I'm sorry for dropping an F-bomb, but I'm just really pissed off. Okay, so of course, if you've been listening to the new Wonder Years, you know that I like to do fun little comparisons if there is one from the OG Wonder Years with this one. And the only episode that I can think of of the original Wonder Years that even remotely kind of comes close to this one is season six, episode two, the final season of the Wonder Years. It's called Fishing. In this episode, the Arnold men embark on their triannual three-day fishing trip. While on the trip, it quickly becomes evident that Kevin and Wayne have outgrown the whole camping experience. And I'm just going to play one clip here. It's where Kevin blows up at his father. Wayne's been teasing Kevin, and he's just had enough. And Jack, their father, has, you know, said a couple times, like, one of these days, you know, and everybody... Sometimes, you know, your parents says that when their older kids have grown, like one of these days, I'm just going to sell it all. I'm going to sell the house. I'm going to move up here. I'm going to build a cabin. My dad was kind of the same way with this piece of property he had. When I was a teenager, he's like, one of these days, I'm just going to sell the house and I'm going to build a cabin out here in the woods. And I'm just thinking... Yeah, sure you will, Dad. And Kevin is the same way, but Kevin is very harsh when he's like, Dad, you can forget it, okay? It's just, it's never going to happen. You're never going to move up here. And he's just, Kevin is such a dick in that moment. It's like he can't let someone just dream and just, you know, 
live in, in the moment and just the peace and tranquility of, yeah, it may never happen, but what's wrong with dreaming? Kevin's, huh, sometimes he just, he can be such a spoil sport. Like, Kevin, you really know how to suck the damn fun out of, I mean, my gosh. And this is just Kevin blowing up. If you've seen the OG, the Wonder Years, the original Wonder Years, this is just how Kevin reacts to shit. He blows up at people. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah, their attempt at fishing just flat out fail. So they're eating beans again. And everyone's a little, you know, a little grumpy. But Kevin just, he goes and he takes it too far. And he, his character really pisses me off in this scene coming up. Yeah, that tent went up in flames. <laughs> it was 18 years of memory. 
So yeah, pretty much you put a picture in your mind. What happens is Kevin is pissed off at being teased by Wayne. Like, oh, we could cook up Kevin's catch. You know, since he caught a tire. He thought it was an actual fish. And both Wayne and Jack are laughing. Kevin is pissed off. He's like going to get a beer. And Jack's like, what do you think you're doing? And Kevin says, look, Dad, I'm hot. I'm sick of soda. I just want to get a beer. And then this is where Jack again brings up, you know, one of these days when I get my place up here, things are going to be different. And Kevin's pissed off because his dad is ignoring him, treating him like a little kid. I'm like, dude, you're 17. You're not fucking getting a beer just because you're up there with your dad and your brother. And you think that drinking a beer is going to make you a man. No. So Kevin grabs a beer, pops the top, and of course it sprays all over. The whole contents of the can literally spray Kevin in the face. Wayne laughs his ass off. He's like, hey, you got foam <laughs> on your head. And Wayne flicks Kevin in the forehead. And Kevin, now at this point, is probably even a little bit taller than Wayne. They both, of course, start fighting with each other. Jack goes to break it up. And it's like, these aren't little boys anymore. They're both like 17, 18 year old men, basically. Jack goes to try to break it up. Kevin elbows Jack in the chin. Jack goes backwards, knocks the beans off the fire pit, which somehow launches something in into <laughs> the tent, which causes the tent to burst into flames. And all they can do is stand there and watch. As Kevin says, 18 years worth of memories just <laughs> just uh, gone. Just gone in, in those flames. And we do see, you know, scenes of Jack with the boys when they're young, probably under the age of 10 and everything like that. So, and I just, I wanted to, and, and Kevin even admits, like, I know it was a mean thing to say to my dad, but I didn't care. And I mean, honestly, I feel like this is, I don't know, because I think Kevin is just really harsh when he blows up. I mean, Dean was angry at his dad too. And you know anything you caused me to miss out on swimming and this and that and whatnot. But I don't, Kevin's just harsh when he blows up at people. It's like, dude, you need to calm down. But I wanted to share that clip. Both comparison. Kevin Arnold blowing up at his dad, you know, and Dean blowing up at his dad, where. Dean's was more tame. It was just out of frustration and everything like that because he missed out. But Kevin's was just absolutely and completely uncalled for. Hey, everybody. This is Angela Bowen. This is December 8th. I completed the Be Prepared Episode 6 of The Wonder Years. Completed that yesterday on the 7th of July. Uh, July. The 7th of December. My plan was to complete Independence Day, record it, and also get that out today, along with Be Prepared. Unfortunately, circumstances prevented that from happening. Circumstances being the apartment right next to us was being worked on, and I didn't feel that that was right 
for you all to have to listen to hammering or whatever they're doing next door. So what's going to happen is I'm just going to stick with my original plan. So episode seven is going to be released next Wednesday and then episodes eight and eight's going to be released on the 22nd of December, which is Wednesday. And then the Christmas episode, episode nine is going to be released on Christmas Eve. That is the goal. That is the plan. Luckily, hopefully all this stuff, oh my gosh, I swear, I tell you. But I'm going to give you a little heads up about what Season 1, Episode 7, Independence Day is about. It aired November 3rd, 2021. In this episode, Bill comes up with a solution for Kim's car desires, but the solution is only pleasing to him. Dean is worried about seeming uncool when Clisby, I'm guessing that's, that's Grandpa, Ends up chaperoning him and his friends. Now I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. This grandpa character. Is he gonna be like anything like Grandpa Arnold? Because <laughs> if he is, oh my goodness. <laughs> if you all remember Grandpa Arnold, Jack's dad from uh, the original Wonder Years. Oh my goodness, he was wow. He was a lot. I will say that. <laughs> But, yeah, I just want to jump in here and just say I lost a day of recording on my day off. And that really sucks. I pretty much stayed out of the apartment and got a bunch of errands done. And it just, it irritates me because I only have so much time on my days off to get this done. It, it, it really, it's it just, it's a lose-lose situation. I used to have a podcast room in our other apartment. I don't anymore. I could, but unfortunately, where that other room is, there's a playground right next to it. And I really don't think you really are going to be happy with hearing a bunch, of, a bunch of kids just shrieking and screaming and shouting. And I wouldn't know how to keep that off of my microphone. I'm sure there's got to be a setting on here, but I don't, I have the setting just as I want it, and I don't want to mess it up. So, I have my podcast table in the family room. It's not next to another apartment. It's actually right on the other side of our bedroom, which is great. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> just trying to, trying to get things done when you want to get them done and sometimes it just doesn't work out but I hope you all enjoyed be prepared I I I I'm loving the show going forward just watching it being surprised by the characters and what's going to happen and not knowing what's going to happen and just throwing out my random guesses and stuff and finding out like I was wrong I thought Bill was going to take that <laughs> that Boy Scout book and just toss it into the lake there, or toss it into the campfire, like, ah, forget this. But he didn't do it. Uh, he just, when they got back to camp, he just, right away, he started back on that tent, just like, I'm going to finish this. And he didn't say anything or any of that stuff. He just quietly, just like, well, I'm going to keep going on this, because, you know, I want to get this done. I started it, I'm going to finish it. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, like I said, if you guys have any thoughts about these episodes, do you like them? What do you what do you like? What do you dislike on the new show? 
Email me at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. And again, if you haven't yet and you really enjoy the podcast, jump on iTunes to the Wonder Years podcast. The Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast will pop up. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. You can, like I said, you can use emojis. Have me try to guess the characters of whether of either the OG show or the new show. <laughs> the new show might be a little hard, but I think I can try it. <laughs> yes, every five-star review of the podcast gets gets it out there and noticed by other Wonder Years fans like yourselves of the new and the old show. So, all right, everyone, have a great weekend, even though it's Wednesday. <laughs> I swear, all these days, they just blend together after a while, especially when you're working, you know, days and days and days in a row, and you're like, I don't even remember what day it is, let alone the day of the week or the day of the month. <laughs> so, all right. Bye-bye, everybody.